Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Daniel Luria, Teret Konim, Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. It's Parshat Shoftim. We're in the month of Elul, the Shofar is being heard and we're being called. More about that later to what we're being called. But first, something about the, uh, the Parsha. Shoftim veshotrim titen lecha. Bechol she'arecha. Asher Adonai lehecha noten lecha. We've been told that we have to make for ourselves, didn't have to say that if it was a mitzvah, to actually have judges and policemen, it could have just said, uh, make, give, give shoftim v'shotim. But what's this titen lecha? Was it for yourself specifically? So of course, a lot of the, uh, the people that work in Musar, in moral teachings of the, uh, the Torah, they jumped on that straight away and they said, well, this obviously means a little bit more. This is talking about not just that we need judges and policemen in the court system for the general public, but every individual, titen lecha, you shall check yourself. You should be a judge and a policeman for yourself to check your own actions. How do, how do we behave? Obviously, there's the general public of how we react with someone else, but every person should create for themselves the atmosphere where he is constantly assessing. That's one of the reasons, of course, we, uh, that we say uh, the Tachanun every day. We don't have to wait, of course, for the Chodesh of Elul or for the Aseret Yemei Shuvah, the 10 days of repentance. Every single day we say Tachanun. Every day there's meant to be self-assessment and we're meant to check for ourselves. Titen lecha to you. And so what's Bechol Sha'arecha? If it's talking about the individual, ah, Bechol Sha'arecha, every individual has certain gates in his own body. As we know, we've got ears, we've got eyes, we've got mouths, we've got, there are, there are openings here in our face that we know about that is very clear. And therefore we have to check ourselves and be careful of our actions at our gateways of the things that we see, the things that we hear, how we talk, what we put into our mouth, all of these things we should uh, create for ourselves judges. Uh, the other aspect, of course, um, you know, we're talking about in general, obviously, that uh, in this parasha, or in a few parashiot, there are three types of things that we need to create a society, to create a nation, uh, a state. Obviously, you need the malchut, you need the kuhuna, and then you need the nevuah, or the Torah. We need the, the kings, we need the priests for the kunai, and we need the prophets and then the, the teachers, those who are going to worry about uh, prophecy and also the, uh, the Torah. All three things together make up what is obviously required for, uh, um, for any country to run. In this week's Pasha, it mainly talks about, I guess, the, uh, not just the judges, but also, of course, about the king. Uh, it's a huge question mark. I don't have the ability... Uh, or the, and obviously not the knowledge to go into it, but uh, the question, of course, begs, is it an obligation? You know, uh, uh, is it, because it, it doesn't actually say it in the way that, you know, you must have a king for yourself. If you come to the country and if you want and if... The, it's sort of left a little bit open, and that's why there's a lot of arguments between various commentators. Is it an obligation? Is it just something that we can do, like a permission? Uh, is it a concession? Um, according to one opinion, it's even like a, like a punishment. So it's not straightforward about what type of law it is, even though, of course, the, uh, the Rambam, as many people know, from the laws of kings, uh, mentions it as a uh, mitzvah. Uh, others, like the Sforno and the Abarbanel, actually don't. They say that it's not a mitzvah, and that it's more or less something that, you know, you can do. It's more or less a last resort. 
um, you know, uh, the whole concept of monarchy versus democracy versus theocracy, what is really the ideal situation for us, um, for Am Yisrael? You know, uh, it could well be that a king is something which is right, uh, given the right circumstances. But if, if the public, for example, if everyone uh, wants to, uh, if everyone believes that it's better to protect the people uh, by having a democratic system, then according to some opinions, then maybe that's the way to go. Um, maybe ideally it is to have a melech, and only even, of course, if that melech uh, is the right person. You know, uh, the, he's got lots of obligations. I mean, if you think about it, he's, he's really a spiritual guide also. He's uh, in some ways, I mean, he has to, um, you know, constantly learn. He has to have tons of books. He's constantly writing. He has to write his own Sefer Torah. And we know that there are many prime ministers, for example, whether it be in the Goisha world or even in our world. I mean, David Melech and Shlomo, they wrote. Uh, they read, they learnt, they wrote. Knowledge, wisdom, uh, reading about Torah and making Torah part of your life, that it's going to be with you every second of the day, you know, gives you the ability to be the right type of uh, spiritual leader uh, that, the, uh, that the country could want. You know, it's not just a matter of not having too many wives and too many gold. There are many no's, 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 no's. You know, don't do this and don't do that. Not a lot of wealth uh, and not a lot of horses, etc. Uh, but the positive side about it is, you know, what he brings if he's a proper king. Uh, his integrity, his wisdom, his scholarship, you know, all of these things together, uh, you know, make the true leader. You know, uh, today uh, we're living in a world, unfortunately, where we see there are leaders that maybe uh, don't have the integrity, that maybe think they can hold on to their seat forever and a day, uh, that uh, don't understand that maybe there should be a, a time limit for everyone. It's a huge responsibility being a leader. A leader is someone, obviously, that's meant to have not just Torah at his side, uh, but also someone that is, uh, that is honest, that is modest, um, you know, what did Melech David say? I don't remember it in Hebrew, but I remember reading it somewhere in English. I did not lift up my heart. My eyes were not haughty. I silenced my soul. Melech David. You know, it's, it's not, you know, uh, lolly-coated uh, work. It's not falsity. It's not political games. Um, this is all about integrity, honesty, genuine leadership, uh, and spirituality, um, and obviously also modesty. Uh, I'm not going to go into particular individuals over since the establishment of the State of Israel, uh, but uh, one doesn't need to be a, a great historian uh, to understand uh, the difference between uh, a modest and humble leader with integrity and steeped in Jewish values and Torah, as opposed to others that maybe uh, haven't lived up to that uh, that role. In any case, that's a lot about the uh, um, about tzedek, about the king, as we've said. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, even before the king, you know, we, we need a legal system. Uh, tzedek, tzedek, tirdof, uh, a country that does not have proper judges, uh, that don't have any uh, conflict of interests. Uh, without going into specific names, there was even a case with Tered Konim not so long ago that uh, there was a certain judge, for example, that was sitting on an issue and related to uh, uh, the sanctified trust and the Shiloach and, and land and real estate deals, etc. And it was found out that, uh, that her husband uh, or his wife, I'm not going to say which one, uh, was very much connected to extreme left-wing radical groups here. Um, why didn't they disqualify themselves in the very beginning? Uh, there's a lot of question marks about certain judges in this country. 
Uh, but at least we have a system. We have a legal system, a very well-respected legal system. Maybe we have to look at some of the judges that are being elected and how they're being elected, and it's all in-house and depends who knows who. It's not so straightforward about the elections of judges, uh, but these are very interesting issues, and in many ways maybe it depends on who's going to be in the government and then how to create a legal system that has a lot more integrity and representation, of course, of all the nation than maybe what we're seeing even today. Uh, but without Siddiq, without justice and law, uh, as we've heard from many prophets, uh, Hashem is basically not interested. You know, it doesn't help if you've got sacrifices, if you're shock alert, if you've got the, the biggest kashrut, if we can't be uh, a moral uh, and just people, uh, then Hashem is not interested. And this is even expounded in some way, if you think about it, by the Egla Arufa. Remember the situation, there's a story also in this week's parasha, you know, that, that someone that's in a town, he leaves the town, he goes out, and somehow they find his body outside the place where people are living. Um, and, of course, the elders have to come there. There, are, The whole process, basically, um, everyone ends up being guilty here. Uh, the place, the nearest place that he comes to is has responsibility. How could you have not set up a system where he's looked after? Why is he by himself? Uh, thinking of others. Um, all of this is part and parcel of a society of uh, justice uh, and law that one must have. And, uh, you know, I may not be a Chabadnik per se, uh, but one clearly has to take their hat off to Chabad, who makes sure that there's no stranger in a strange town that just is let go. He's looked after. There's a little home inside every single city and town from Alaska to who knows where, uh, where a person can be looked after and they're not suddenly leaving a town because they've got nowhere to go. And in many ways, that's uh, part of the messages of the uh, uh, Egla Arufa. Um, the other two ideas behind the parsha that I just wanted to share with you, it says that uh, man is a tree in the field. Etz hasadeh. Of course, a tree, as we know, has roots, has a trunk, has branches, has leaves and buds and fruit. Um, and this is related to a man, that a man can only really survive if he has deep roots, faith, history, his parents, his grandparents, his, his, his heritage. Uh, he has to be deeply rooted in all of that with faith. And then he's, um, he, has, he has to live a life, a strong life, a strong trunk of a spiritual life. Of course, what comes out of living a strong spiritual life uh, with the value system is that you have the power to influence, as some people would call, the spiritual procreation, the things that come out of the trunk, the branches, the leaves, the fruits, etc. So yes, we, in some ways we can be uh, equated to a tree in the field. Of course, the law, one of the other things that says in the prasha, which is, uh, I think, constantly should be on our mind, of course, that may be talking in the parasha about the false prophets, about uprooting, getting rid of, burn out the evil which is in us. Uh, but that also can be looked at at an individual level. It's not enough sometimes to do good things. We have to become good people. It's not just enough to, uh, uh, to daven and say the words, but we have to invest maybe in the tefillah and have a bit more kavanah. Um, you know, it's like, you know, do we do the, the just dumb chores of the day and getting ready for Shabbat? Or do we have a right attitude when we're making and preparing for Shabbat? It's, it's the overall picture. It's not just the things we do. It's actually becoming uh, a, a true good person uh, and, a, and a Jew 
from from A to Z, and not just uh, you know going to a, a certain religious place you know on, you know once a week. You know, like if someone said in Australia, oh, yes, I'm a Christian, I go to church on Sundays. Okay, said the love deal. In any case, it's a beautiful Pasha. There's a lot to learn. We're in the month of Elul. This is a time we should all be asking ourselves, what can I do? How have I been over the last year? And what can I do to make things better? I've got a few weeks to go before Rosh Hashanah. And maybe now is the time to recognize that uh, it's time to do something else. So, you know, if there's, if there's one place in the world where it has to be on the forefront of everyone's mind, it is Yerushalayim. Everyone out there in many ways has been blessed by God. And the only question you have to ask yourself in this month of Elul and all the way until Yom Kippur is, have I been a true conduit for the funds and the blessings that Hashem has given me to look after? We don't take it with us. It's not ours. God has given this to us in order to do some great things. And what are the great things? Yerushalayim. Whether it be in the slichot that we're saying, for those who are Sfaradim, just ask yourselves, why do you think that Yerushalayim is so central to so many of the things that we're doing? Because this is the place of Am Yisrael. This is the place of Hashem's house. Have I done enough? Have I given utshuva, utfila, utzdaka? Now is the time to come forward. There are people here that could uh, do with your blessings. Take on a, a last-minute project. Open your hearts. Open your pockets. Ateret konim in Yerushalayim is here. I wish everyone a Shabbat Shalom umevorach. Parashat Shoftim. I look forward to seeing many of you, of course, in the uh, coming up to the Chagim. We'll be having some tremendous activities, including a, uh, a musical Hallel and davening on one of our rooftops in Betanov, Simchat Bet Hashoeva in Kfar Temanim. Uh, of course, there'll be tours. There'll be Hoshana Rabba in Kidmat Zion and Hakafot Shniot uh, in the heart of the old city. Uh, take note of everything taking place. Please book, be in touch with us. And once again, Shabbat Shalom.